Chapter 21 of 1 Samuel, Shmuel Aleph. David is fleeing from Saul. He's been told by Yonatan in the previous chapter that he must hurry. Meheira chusha al tamod. Hurry, hurry, hurry. My father is out to kill you. King Saul is out to kill David. David must run away. And in chapter 21, Vayavod David nove el achimelech hakohen. David went to the priest Achimelech at Nov. Achimelech came out in alarm to meet David. He said to him, why are you alone? No one is with you. The first point is that in running away from Saul, the first place that David goes is to Nov. Now the city of Nov is the city of priests. The chief priest of Nov is named Achimelech. And in thinking about why David would run first to Achimelech and to the city of Nov, there are several points to be made concerning this particular place. First of all, the city of Nov and Achimelech in particular are from the house of Eli, the cursed house of Eli. Now the book began with a discussion of the house of Eli, who are the not just the priests of Shiloh, but are in fact political leaders. The sense you get is that the leadership of the land is in the hands of these priests. And of course Shiloh is destroyed forever. The priesthood as a political institution that runs the country, there's always a political side to everything, but as a political institution that runs the country, that's over with. They're initially replaced by Samuel himself, that's chapter 7. And in chapter 8, the people ask for a king, so the kingship and the institution of kingship are replacing the priesthood as the leaders of the country. And that means that the priesthood and the king are natural enemies, because in effect, the king has displaced or replaced the, the priest. So David runs off to, the, to someone who would be a natural enemy of Saul, who would be perhaps unsympathetic to Saul. That's point number one. Point number two, in running to the city of the priests, we must remember that in the Chumash, we have a concept of the Ir Miklat, the sanctuary city, the city of refuge, and those cities are identified in the Torah with the Levium. Of course, a priest or a Kohen is also a Levi. So one might say that in running off to the city of priests, it's a place which is not involved in war. In fact, in the story, when David asked for a weapon, there's only one weapon in the whole city. And that's the sort of Goliath, which seems to be a kind of museum piece. But it's a place where there are no weapons. The priests are not involved in war. Uh, the Levium presumably aren't conscripted into battle. So that's another reason why David might run off to the city of priests. Kind of safe haven. We also remember that when the Torah speaks of sanctuary earlier, um, it mentioned in the book of Shemot that if somebody kills in a premeditated fashion, in chapter 21 of Exodus, even from my altar, take him to be put to death, which presumes that the altar served as a kind of sanctuary. So there are two kinds of sanctuary. There's sanctuary city, which the Torah identifies with the Levium, and then there's the altar, 
which serves as a kind of sanctuary that reappears in the beginning of the Book of Kings, when Yoav Adonio run to the altar to seek sanctuary. So that's another reason why David might run off to this safe haven. Uh, there's also a, perhaps another reason, and that's, I think, an important point of this chapter, and that is that what David is doing in these chapters is, and even earlier we saw this, there are two objectives. The first objective that David has is to survive. King Saul is the king of Israel. He has an army. He's going to be looking for David to eliminate David, whom he sees as his rival. So David has to survive. But the point of these chapters is that what David is interested in is not merely survival. What David is interested in doing as he survives is to build up his connections, to put himself in a position that when it becomes time to assume the kingship, he will already have in place many pieces that are useful to the king, maybe even necessary for kingship. So over here in this chapter, it's not just about his survival, but perhaps he wants to make connections to the priesthood because the king should have a priest. Not that the priest has an independent power, not that the priest has political power in terms of running the country, but the priesthood always has power. People honor the priest, people feel that they should be supportive of the priest. So what David is doing perhaps is two things, of course survival, safe haven, but also building up connections to the priesthood. And the way this verse described Achimelech vayecherad Achimelech ikrat David, that Achimelech vayecherad charadah's fear, alarm, there's something about David coming to the city of the priests and coming alone to the city of the priests that is cause for alarm for Achimelech. Something is not right here. And Achimelech is, let's say, suspicious. David responds in the third verse, Vayomer David Achimelech HaKohen, HaMelech Tzivani Davar Vayomer Elai, Ish Al Yedah Mu'uma Et HaDavar Asher Anochi Sholechacha, Vasher Tziviticha, Viet HaNarim Yodati El Mekom Ploni Amoni. So David answers the priest, the king ordered me on a mission. He said, no one must know anything about the mission on which I am sending you and for which I have given you orders. I'm on a secret mission and I have directed the young men to such and such a place. Now, of course, from one perspective, all this is completely untrue. But having said that, it is interesting what the language that David uses to describe why he's on this mission. Because if we remember the previous chapter, when Jonathan uh, sends David a message through the arrows that you better run away very quickly, the language there is reminiscent of what we read over here. The point of sending the lad to such and such a place is precisely what Jonathan does in the previous chapter. That's what he said to David. If I tell the lad, come closer you know you can return safely. If I say, go farther, the arrows of father, run away. So that's what, there's a literary allusion to that over here. And the idea of not knowing anything, that's what the previous chapter said about the young man, the young man knew nothing. Not only that, 
There's a further allusion to the previous chapter when the uh, Cohen uh, says to David, um, how come you have no weapons? David later in the chapter asks for a weapon. Um, and uh, the king said, and the priest um, will give him a weapon. The only weapon that's there is the weapon of Goliath. But David explains why he has no weapon. Vayoma David Achimelech in verse number nine of chapter twenty-one. Perhaps you have a spear or a sword. I didn't have take a sword or spear. Because the matter of the king was nachutz. Nachutz means pressing, urgent. In modern Hebrew, it means the same thing, a pressing or urgent matter. But the context over here of chapter 21, the matter was nachutz, is playing off the previous chapter, namely the chitzim, the arrows. Why do I have no sword or arrow? I had to run quickly because the matter was nachutz, and a further allusion to the fact that that David is sent away by means of the arrows, by means of the chitzim. Yes, it certainly is quite pressing. Jonathan said, hurry, hurry, hurry. Don't wait. Now what's interesting in this point is that the allusions to the previous chapter, when David is describing his flight, so David is putting it in terms of the king has sent me, but the truth of the matter is, in the previous chapter there is somebody who has sent David away, but it's not King Saul, but it is Jonathan, his son. And Jonathan, of course, is the one in line to become the king. But beyond that, it's fair to say that what we've read in the previous chapters, Jonathan is the one who seems to be acting as king. Saul, from chapter 17 on, does absolutely nothing. There's no fighting at all. As far as the narrative is concerned, it's Jonathan who both starts the war with the Philistines and brings about the great victory. So when David refers to the king sending me away, and the only potential reference that is true is Jonathan sent me away, but there's something about the fact that the, the references to Jonathan frame it in terms of the king. So David has asked for a sword, and earlier what David asked for is bread. David says, I, in verse number four, Perhaps you have some, some lechem, some bread. And the priest says to David in verse 5, I have no profane bread. I only have lechem kodesh. I have holy bread. Holy bread means presumably bread that's related to some kind of sacrifice. If these men that you refer to have kept away from the women. They've been involved with the women, they've slept with the women, they're ritually impure for a day. And the priest says, well, then they won't be able to eat. So I'm not sure if these boys, these young men of yours, are, are pure or impure. And presumably, the question about the boys that David speaks of, that are meet me in an assigned place, one can read that not simply as a technical matter of purity and impurity, and not just a question of whether the Na'arim are in fact pure or impure, but what the priest perhaps is asking over here, by means of the symbolism, is, are you pure or are you impure? We are reminded earlier, when David doesn't show up at the meal, the two-day meal for Rosh Chodesh, 
that on the first day Saul said nothing. For Saul said, Bilti taharu tahar. Maybe the reason he didn't come was he's not ritually pure. But he's questioning David's ritual purity, but the larger question, of course, that Saul has, maybe it's not even a question for Saul, is how kosher is he? How pure is this fellow? So in chapter 21, by use of the symbols, by use of the lechem, it's really a question, and it reinforces the doubts that the priest has as to what David says is true or not. At the end of the day, he gives David the bread, and he gives David the sword. And the bread and the sword can be seen, and especially the bread, not just as a helping someone who doesn't have food, but the giving of bread, and often the eating of bread together, is an act of allegiance and an act of alliance. So what David has done, essentially, knowingly or not knowingly, and maybe we'll see that, he has essentially attempted to co-opt the priest, to align the priest with David, and align the priest with David's cause. And this will be of great concern to the king of Israel, who sees David as his mortal enemy.